podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's finished the match reaction for Everton L, Manchester United 2, Everton L of the League Cup. Uh, disappointing night at Goodison Park for those 2,000 there. And after a week of such positivity, uh, joining me now, uh, Hannah Farrell and Rob Vera. Um, yeah, just, just disappointing. I think we just sort of all speaking there, Rob, about that and the performance. And I think we can all recognise the performance wasn't good at all tonight. But, you know, I'm angry with the results. I'm angry at some of the things that happened in that game. But, you know, I don't want to be too harsh on these lads and these managers and this manager because they put a lot into the last few weeks. And as much as we would have liked to have rotated the side like United did tonight and bring in high-class players from the cold like they did, uh, it wasn't yeah. possible. So, obviously disappointed, not happy about Everton played, but, you know, not kicking and screaming by any means. No. Um, I mean, look, it's... Sometimes I feel like we're never going to... ever going to win the League Cup. It's just... It's a cursed chalice for us for whatever reason. But, uh, no, I... Yeah, the, there, there are going to be times where another club who's spent literally hundreds of millions more than you on players are going to have an advantage. And it, that especially is the case when you have a, you know, a quarterfinal of, of a cup or a consequential cup game like this uh, that, that happens to be placed midweek during the literally the busiest time of, of the entire season. And, yeah, that sounds like sour grapes. It sounds like complaining, but it's just the, the reality of it. Um, I, we, we talked about this all season. You know, Everton's starting 11 are, are pretty good, and you can even get performances out of a couple more past that. But let's be honest about the difference. And Hannah, Hannah referenced this when we were offline, and I'm sure she'll go into it more. But, you know, look who they can start. Uh, look who they can decide. Uh, we'll bring on Martial and Rashford in the last few minutes, and we bring it on – you know, Tom Davis, Cenk Tosin, and it's, you know, it's just, it, there's a big difference there. Having said all of that, um, I, I did, I did find that there were times in the game where, um, you know, especially once we started to kind of get control of things that it, it was, it was a game that was begging for that final pass. It was begging for that final moment. And whether it was Wovi or Sigurdsson or I mean it just you, you name it name any of them uh, especially from the midfield forward and they were making passes that it would be hard to classify as anything other than tired passes uh, that's it you can you notice it physically though I think that most I, I could say that they gave everything they had physically tonight but but mentally is where you also notice uh tired passing, tired decision-making, et cetera. And, and Everton just needed to be able to rotate more in than they were able to tonight to, to be able to make that kind of difference. And it just unfortunately wasn't enough. Uh, Hannah, what are your initial thoughts on that, mate? Uh, obviously gutted, but... I think it's the same, really. I think the main thing is that we've got to point out is the bench, the quality that you've got on the bench. Players like Tom Davies did come on and he did put a shift in. You can't deny that from the lads. But when you've got a player like Richardson going off, bringing on someone like Bernard is not the threat that you want. 
on a um, United side like that. And I think what Rob said there, something which I think stood up really um, in the, that first chaotic 20 minutes where it looked, seemed like we exhausted all our nine lives right there. It was just insane. But I think it was that mental um, like fatigue where like players like Michael Keane, who hasn't stepped a toe out of line since June at this race, was really struggling for the first 10 minutes. I mean, everyone was saying, oh, it was the nerves. Maybe it was actually the like the exhaustion that they're facing and I think it was just that thing what the big rest like where he's going to rotate players and all that with like, potentially going to be boxing day it was one game too far mm-hmm. um like even when you think about the Arsenal game on Saturday like that last 15 minutes was a very scrappy demanding 15 minutes for them all so there's not been any respite really from that so obviously that's one of the main factors and it's the death on the bench but it's just it's just yeah, it's yeah. it's annoying, but we could be in a worse situation. We could have been getting knocked out of this with an awful um, league place before Christmas as well. But yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? Where if, it could, if you get to if you get to penalties there and you, you scrape through on that, you say what a battling performance from these lads again. You know they've dug in and come yeah. you know we're a left footed. You know, it's, it's, you know Everton's defender's not great for it, but it's, it's a fantastic goal by Cavani. He, he was a threat all night, but. You know, Rob, I've had people on me saying on Twitter about excuses in regards to the players being tired and, and those kinds of things. But I think it's something you've just got to you have, you have got to factor in here, haven't you? You know, and, and even one of the players we have in tonight is Seamus Coleman, has been out injured for you know six weeks or so. His last game was the last game against Manchester United, wasn't it? So it was a couple of months. And I think when you play the type of football that Everton have played the last few weeks, and it's it's all about shape and aggression and being switched on. And that's not just being switched on physically, it's about being alert to your man and knowing where he is and, you know, cutting the space off and those sorts of things. It does take a lot out of you. And I think, as Hannah said there, against the pretty weak Arsenal side at the weekend, they, they came on strong. So, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and sort of defend the Everton side after playing like that, so to speak, but I can sort of see where it come from. And I can, also, I can sort of see why the manager set up like that as well, because not only is it worth in the last few games, Manchester United, as we've seen this season, if you come out and open the pitch up against them and go, yeah, let's have a football match, lads, they just pick it off like they did against Leeds at the weekend. So I think yeah. it's a hard one, and I think it's a lot of the reaction, while I understand the anger, it, I think it is conditioned by what we've just seen in the last 15 minutes and, and United getting those two late goals. And then, you, and then you can say, oh, we should have had a bit of a go with them a little bit more. Yeah, like... <laughs> Uh, I, I, I look. I, I'm not happy. No one's. No one's happy. Um, it, it's. It's frustrating, and uh, especially even more so because we've played really well lately. But I, I, I guess I would challenge anyone. Um, anyone, especially on Twitter right now, like, what exactly would have been the eleven you would have started? What What exactly would have been the formation you would have? I mean. The, you know, because you're damned if you do or you're damned if you don't. I mean, if if if, if he makes wholesale changes and then and we lose 2-0 or something and then everyone says, I can't believe he broke up a team that's won three straight against three really good sides uh, or, or three quality sides or two in Arsenal. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> I, I think it's the, – but the bottom line is, is that, that that all – you know, we've gone from being, you know, high flying to being disappointed in Everton again to being oh my god in the space of a week because we had so many matches all come at once being up to second in the table now you know we're top four right now um I would have taken this I I still you know I maintain I would have absolutely taken this and 
when you are a squad that does not have the same sort of depth options, um, you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. And so um, I, I think that, that, you know, it would have helped obviously if United had tried to, if United had maybe played a weaker side or whatever, but that's, that's kind of the embarrassment of riches they've got in depth. Well, they made, is nine, that, made nine changes tonight, you know. Yeah, they made a ton of changes and they're all like, and they still Paul, Paul Pogba out there. I mean, it's, it's silly and it's, it's, it's different worlds. And, and so I'm, 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 I'm not thrilled with how things went, but I honestly can't look at anyone in that 11 and say, well, you know, if like I, I'm, I'm the one who thinks that Mason Holgate should be our starting right back when everyone's fit, but I don't think he would have made the difference tonight. Uh, I think Calvert Lewin, I, I, this has been my concern and why I think we probably have to spend some money in January, even though I know it's not ideal. I don't care how young Calvert Lewin is. I don't care how great an athlete he is. I don't care what kind of form he's in. I mean, I do care about all those things, but the reality is, is that he is playing every single minute for this thing. And at a certain point, you're going to start to hit a wall. It's a lot to ask of him to continue to bail us out. It's a lot to ask when Richarlison gets, gets uh, you know, it looks like he got concussed out of that game. It's a lot to ask when the referee watches as Edinson Cavani uh, grabs Yerry Mina's throat and throws him to the ground and doesn't even bother to yellow card him. I mean, it, there's, the, the, there's, there's a lot that was already going against Everton, but if you're not going to have VAR, you're not going to have referee that decides he, you know, gives a, gives a crap about anything. I mean, none of those things help, but the bottom line is, is that United were in a better position to win this game because of the sheer amount of depth that they have. And it's not, you could try to make it more complex and more nuanced than that, but I can't look at anyone in the starting 11 for Everton and say, Oh, well, they'd started Jordan Pickford. This would be different. They'd started, you know, Mason Holgate. This would have been different. I just, I, I don't see what the, the change would have been. I mean, Gordon, maybe I, 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 and Cuckoo, uh, I guess. I, I just don't know that those things were really going to make the difference tonight. Yeah. Hi, Hannah, you're nodding along there, mate. Yeah, I definitely agree. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter um, quite early on in the game, absolutely rooting Gomez to shred. And now he didn't have a good game, but I don't think anybody could say that he was the person to blame at all on that. And the it comes down to what I feared the second Alan went down in that game, that this would happen. He was commanding that whole area. And when he first got injured, it was like, oh, Decore has completely took on that role straight away. But when you've got players like Sigerson and Gomez around, it just becomes too much for him to do them, really, doesn't I, it? You know, Rob mentioned there about players that have played every game this season. Decore is another one. Exactly. In that, that, yeah. And, because, exactly. He, because he's such like a fixture in our midfield, now you don't really think about him getting exactly. tired or, or losing intensity because he's just on it, you know, seemingly all the yeah. time. But, you know, he's an awful lot. He's played every Premier League game for us. My, Michael Keane's played every game. Exactly. Um, and that's why you could have Yer, played a ton lately. Yeah, I mean, it's a you lot. You know what I mean? They've, they've all exerted themselves massively and it's paid off. But, unfortunately, when it comes down to cups and stuff, you've got to be relying on more than that. And we know we don't have it. As you said there, Dominic Havloom is literally playing every second of this team. If he gets injured, God forbid, are we relying on a Tosin or something? Because then that really does get scary. So that's the thing. We have to spend money in January if you can find it somewhere. Yeah, can I point out one thing, Hannah, by the way? I, I, there's been a lot of talk that, like, there's no way Moise Keane ever comes back to Everton. I'm like, are you sure about that? Like, I really could have <laughs> – again, I'm, he needed to go to Paris in order to do what he's doing now. I get all of that. But, like <laughs> – 
<laughs> we, you know, at some point, depending on what the move is in January, like I, we, you know, this idea that you only need, you know, this idea that there can only be one main striker. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, there's United can start Cavani and then bring Rash, Rashford and Marshall off the bench. It's okay to have more than one guy. Um, you know, I, you can have Calvert-Lewin be the main man, but this idea that you can't have other strikers uh, or else they're going to get too upset to be there anymore. I mean, at a certain point, there's, there's, it may not be Keane, but it's going to have to be someone. And, and, and you hope it's done in January because, look, Everton are going into Christmas in a, in a Champions League position. And I, that's no small feat given everything the squad's been through. I think it's a testament to Carlo Ancelotti and everyone else. But what tonight, I think, was a warning sign of what happens if you don't do don't do anything else like if you if you think to yourself we can just go with this squad you know and not not make any changes i i think that that's naive i think that is i look at this and i say if you don't if you don't either get some guys back from injury soon hopefully you do with dean and allen and others but if you don't also maybe add a player you're you're asking, you're asking to fall to seventh or eighth or ninth. I mean, and, and that's just the reality in such a tight table right now. And so Everton have got to consider this opportunity in front of them. And, and if they're really serious about it, they're going to have to. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's one of them where I think, you know, if, you do, if you've got a manager like we have, you can make average players look good over a certain period of time, but making tired average players and, you know, lads who are average players who've got injuries look good for a certain amount of time, that, that's where it becomes really difficult. Uh, and I it's just, I, just to say then as well, it was um, when the fixtures got compared for this busy period, it was us who had the least amount of rest, didn't we? And if you compare that, we've got the least amount of rest for these two teams, but then it goes back to the bench again. And why that only having, what, four days rest all together isn't as much as a problem for the team like United than it is for us. So, yeah, for me, it all comes down to what, how deep your squad can go, basically, and it, like tonight. Yeah, and, I, I, when it, and I was thinking when it got to like what 80, um, like 70, 80 minutes, thinking if this did go to pens, like have we got five players who would even I, I, in the time? I was saying we should get Pickford on to take one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring Olsen on because he might save a few. Bring, bring Pickford on to take a penalty at the end. Here we'd be clutching at straws for pens as well, which was another scary realization as we got closer to what that would have happened. So, ugh. <laughs> the last five minutes before we finish up because I know you guys are. We're very busy for different reasons tonight. Um, but the two moments in the second half, which, you know, and again, I'll caveat this by saying United were the best team and absolutely deserve to win. And I'm not entirely sure if this would have had an effect on the result. But um, two pretty nasty moments in different ways, really. Uh, Cavani, like Rob said, grabs me around the throat and sort of tries to put a choke slam on him, like the Undertaker back in the day. Um, and Fernandez, which is I don't, I don't think quite, I, you know, it's snide, but I don't think he really means to hurt Richardson in the way he does. Uh, Hannah's shaking her head a little bit there, but um, what, what did you make of that? I'll come to you first, Hannah. I just think Fernandez is getting away with all of all losses, and he's an incredible player, but he's walking away from a lot of games lately, getting labels of that player who's getting away with an awful lot from officials. That's the first thing I'll take from it. But for me, for me, it, it was a sense not. And I, but I don't like the way people are saying then about Kvani and that, oh, a player who shouldn't be on the pitch, that's not the reason we lost tonight, and I just want to put that on there. It's not. But it, it was a terrible challenge, and I think it's just our luck when it's in a game where there's no VAR at all that things like that are happening. I think that, and if that was me now, I just, I like gasps, you know what I mean? And you could hear it from Neville as well, sort of just confusion. Like, have we actually just seen 
him do that. It was all very strange. But for me, I just, what really like ticked me over the edge of being really pissed off about the whole situation was Gary Neville laughing at when Richarlison was clearly down on the floor, concussed. I think that is just the most like terrible commentary that I've like, it's so irresponsible when lately it was only with David Louise and from a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the importance of how we need to be treating head injuries. a fractured skull. Yeah, like we were literally saying, what, less than a month ago, we need to start taking head injuries so much more seriously. And then you've got a former United player commenting on a United game, laughing when there's a player on the floor who's looking very out of it. I just thought that that was like what really for sure the heads of how frustrated it was, at how unfair the situation was playing out, basically. Rob, what did you make of those incidents, mate? I mean, obviously, you, you, um, people put hands on Yeri Mina, full stop. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I am still red from how upset I am that anyone would touch Yeri Mina like that. Um, only Mrs. Mina, Mrs. Mina gets to touch Yeri that way. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm – look, I, I, I find – Matt, we talk about this all the time. I, I know that I, I grew up in a very privileged sports culture – where, I don't know, the same rules are applied in the sport all the time as opposed to, well, we're not going to start doing instant replay until we get to the semifinals of this competition. Like, it's so arbitrary that it's so, it's so dumb. And it's like, well, we just didn't want to spend the extra 20 bucks tonight or whatever to have VAR at the game in a, in a <laughs> quarterfinal of, of a cup competition. That's on yes. That's on television internationally, and yet they can't afford to like have like pay the extra what taxi fare for the fourth official, fifth official, or whatever to that. Like, I just I find it all completely asinine, and that isn't even getting into the whole notion of how uh, differently certain players are and certain clubs, frankly, are are officiated, which. We all know that, and I just I don't want to get into that whole thing tonight. Of well, you know, United catch all the like United 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 made their deal with the devil a long time ago. Okay, there's a reason why they have had you know Fergie time and all that kind of crap you know over the years, and and I understand that. But what I don't like is that I, I still am watching a sport where a few couple of years ago Richarlison put his head up to the head of someone else it, far more like, like I've, I've touched a, I've I put my forehead to another woman's forehead in a slow dance with more aggression than what Richarlison did at Bournemouth. I was really wondering where that was going then. <laughs> and he got three games for that. I was, I was like, a little annoyed about the results here, Rob. Well, come on. <laughs> no, no, no. I've never really had but a woman. But my point is, is that uh, it's just so silly how like, one thing is a three-match suspension, and another is just like, well, he choked, slammed him. Uh, you know, sometimes you miss things, right? Like, we ought to be talking about how Cavani's going to get a retroactive ban for that, but you know, nothing is going to happen from it. And I and I find that 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 just the kind of, uh, well, certain things matter and certain things don't, or concussions are a really serious issue. But if it happens to Richarlison, well, you know, it's Richarlison, right? I mean, we talked about that last week, Matt, when we were talking about the way that Richarlison is covered uh, compared to other players. You know, if if Harry Kane had been uh, concussed in a game, uh, the the flags would be at half-mast right now in Britain. So I I don't – that's why – I think that's the thing that drives me insane about how Richarlison is talked about and covered by the media. But the officiating was was just – 
it looked incredibly uh, indifferent tonight at times. I think that's the worst thing. I, that's the best thing I could say about it. It was very indifferent most of the time. Having said, you know, and if Cavani sent off, then who knows what happens. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that Everton weren't good enough to win tonight. And that's, that's, that's really what it comes down to. And, and all these other things are just window dressing for, for topics to discuss and to be angsty about. Uh, and none of us like them. But I, I think that the best thing that Everton can do now is, is not allow the, this to linger they have got a game this weekend that they need to absolutely get three points from if they want to continue on to this good form playing against the worst team in the league it is the ultimate banana peel banana skin as you call it there it, it's got to be taken care of um and, and hopefully they respond well and don't let this linger yeah, just on that, it was just talking about the difference in officiating. You could then see, I think it was, what is the Pogba challenge after that, where he got a yellow for, and that was just clearly trying to gain a bit of credibility back. But then it's also, it's that narrative that the pundits have made on Richarlison, basically, haven't they? That he's a player who goes down and stuff like that. When you attach a narrative like that to a player, these things happen. It's been a long time coming that Richarlison's actually getting going to get seriously injured we've all been saying that the lad gets up and brushes off everything and gets stuck in it's a long time coming that he's gone down off a challenge which was so unfair in him and it's just frustration it, like frustrating if you look at the fact of like Dini obviously okay we got retracted and it was only one game and all that but the fact that things like that would have written this doesn't even get a card it's just so frustrating but as Rob said there I think we've all made the joke for ages saying oh yeah we'll win against you know we'll come off the back of winner and be in in Chelsea Arsenal Leicester and then we'll go into Sheffield United and drop three points there it's a joke we all say but it is the type of thing now that if we come off uh losing our confidence and everything that that actually could happen so and then it's the scary thing as all that was the game where we could potentially rest players and all stuff like that so I think it does put a bit of a different perspective on the weekend really hey Matt just uh just some some uh, slight breaking news. Um, Moise Keane and, and, and Ghana Gay scored for PSG tonight. I just want you to <laughs> just thought you'd enjoy that. Uh, since we don't we don't need another midfielder or a striker, I thought that that would would just make uh -huh. you feel better. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll move on quickly. Just just finally, just a bit of a look ahead to Sheffield United. Uh, he's got to he's got to freshen things up a little bit, hasn't he, Rob, for that game? You think? Yeah, I, well, and, and again, I, I kind of come back to, so what does that look like? So um, I, I expect if Holgate's not going to play a minute tonight that he's absolutely playing on Saturday. Um, I think my question becomes, uh, where, where does he play? Uh, is Coleman, for instance, because of the fact that you're nursing him back from a long, you know, semi-long-term injury, do you want to play him twice in the span of a few days like that? I, I mean, I might be cautious about that. Having said that, I, I kind of, at some point, you, you'd think Mina and Keane, I mean, they're relatively young men, but you'd think one of them would probably need to get arrested at some point. Uh, Godfrey's certainly been putting in the miles lately. So I, I don't know that it's just obvious where you, where you freshen up the squad. I think that, I, I, honestly, if you just based on the look of it, and I know sometimes it always looks worse than it really is with Richarlison, but he did not look like someone who was going to play uh, this weekend if, if, if he you know, dealt with something that was more of an injury. I guess we'll hear more about it. But 
look, doesn't this have to be a time where you say, look, let's bite the bullet. We may, and as much as I just talked about needing to get three points there, uh, do, do you say, look, this is the game where we rest Calvert-Lewin and we, we say, Chink, look, go in there and, and try and hold on and maybe you bring Calvert-Lewin on after uh, 70 minutes or something like that. But you've got to get some of these guys a rest. And I don't know. And I think with a thin squad, that's tough to do. Um, I would expect maybe Tom Davis to come in and start this weekend. I, I don't know what's going on with Gomez. He just doesn't – something doesn't look right with him. Um, but, but I don't know if that, that's there. But – uh, yeah, it's, it's besides like Gordon or Chink Tosin, I don't know what else you really do to freshen this up. Pickford's going to come in, obviously, for Olsen on the weekend. But other than that, I don't know what wholesale changes you can realistically make. Yeah. Is he, do you just sort of look at Hannah and think maybe you can give Nkunku a game? Or, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't know if, if, you know, Andy Gordon maybe gets a start. Bernard could maybe fit in somewhere. You know, listen – those lads are young players and maybe some of them aren't good enough. You know, he, he, you know, can we get Fabian Delph on the pitch for 60 minutes? And I don't, don't rate him at all. But, you know, it, I suppose at this moment, it's sort of like, it's not the best player up. It's sort of like, who's in the best shape? Who can, who can run and who can give us the most minutes? Because, you know, as much as it feels like we've had a grueling spell, it's, it's going it's to get more and more grueling as the days go by, isn't it? Definitely. Like, it does sort of feel like you're just filling a gap for the weekend really isn't it rather than re- like replacing it with somebody who could sort of match it I think Rodriguez could come back as well hopefully you know, yeah oh. <laughs> would have helped tonight wouldn't it <laughs> that changes things entirely but like I feel like well I feel like we're all pulling our hair out a bit with saying Gordon I feel like if there's ever a game to give that lad a full shot to sort of show that he can do everything that brands and everyone's the praising about then that would be an obvious choice and then obviously Holgate again but I start on with Chenka something that I didn't think I didn't initially think up with them and Rob saying there it, it bringing Dominic on later on probably is a sensible way to go about it because I'd rather give Chenk that bit of responsibility and fingers crossed and eyes shut basically hoping for the best than getting to a city city and then West Ham and having an inserted Dominic Calvert and I think you've got to sort of take a like a bit of a gamble on that basically and weigh it up. I think Tom Davies is definitely somebody who I'd start. I think it was after in the weekend Carlo says for him, Tom's very much that player who when he's called upon, he's doing what he's asked. And I think the last couple of games, I know he's still got massive critics through everybody, but I think he's very much doing that. So he'd be a player that I'd be confident and sort of commands and sort of that midfield. Definitely over Gomez anyway. But I would say that I do think although Sigerson like had a few like wobbly moments where he was misjudging um, his distance and everything tonight. He definitely for that last 20 minutes fully exerted himself and I think that he's the type of player that he, he could be instrumental in a game a game Sheffield United where he's got a sort of step it up again like he has done for the past couple of games sort of having that leader role if we're rested a few more of your leaders and having people like Richarlison unfortunately not in the lineup. Yeah, I suppose it would probably just be a case on Christmas Day, where not it, who, who looks in the best nick when they come into training, and that's all, and we'll take it from there. But. Matt, Matt, I'll add one more thing. Um, I, I don't know. They're being really kind of cagey about what's going on with Thomas Rodriguez, by the way. I mean, it's been we, – we keep getting told it's not serious, and I would say that the fact that we've been winning all these games lately means that you have the luxury of not having to rush him back early if it's just like a muscle strain or quad strain, like a hamstring or whatever – 
if he doesn't play on Boxing Day, I'm going to start asking questions. Like, I'm getting a little worried. You know, he's been, again, not that he's he's always on social media like some of his other teammates are, but he's kind of been – he's just kind of been gone uh, lately. So and I, I just knew, hope everything is okay. Um, I know but, he hasn't put anything Everton up for a few weeks. I knew he just stopped the other day. I was a bit like – he was putting pictures of his kids up, your kids. <laughs> so I had a little thing the other day, like, is everything okay? <laughs> I, I try not to read too much into that, though. I mean, I just think that it's one of those things. And I, I think that when he is away uh, from, from Finch Farm and from the game, he's away from the game. And I think that that's okay. Um, but having said that, um, I hope we, we could really have used him tonight, obviously. Um, he wasn't ready to come back or they didn't want to risk him tonight. Fair enough. Um, we really could use him in the league. Uh, and, and I would love to obviously see him back uh, for Boxing Day. But, um, you know, at a certain point uh, during these press conferences that we insist are important, uh, it would be nice to maybe ask more than one question about, oh, who's injured, and then not ask any other questions. I'd like to know, like, yeah. what is the injury? And, you know, why you keep saying it's not serious, but yet he hadn't played. Like, he hasn't played in, in almost like a month's worth of games if you start adding up the number of games here pretty soon. So it's, uh, it's, it's a little concerning for me. And I think even at the weekend, you know, if you have him on the bench, if Everton are going into the last half an hour of that game and it's nil-nil and you're bringing him on, you're feeling, you're feeling yeah. really good about the chances are. And you're bringing a fresh Hamas Rodriguez in against the, you know, for half an hour against the tired bottom of the league team. You feel like you're going to find a breakthrough then. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. Obviously, disappointing tonight, though. Um, cheers to Rob. Cheers to Hannah for coming on the Instant Match Reaction. Cheers to everybody for watching on YouTube as well. Uh, enjoy the rest of your night and enjoy your Christmas as well. I think this will be the last show we do before Christmas Day. So yeah. thanks very much for everyone for listening. Um, the maybe doing the long the long con with Dave tomorrow. Uh, oh, Steve one? Fing, fingers crossed the Christmas Eve episode of the long con. Dave has said yes. Uh, so me saying it on here, hopefully we'll shame him into keeping that commitment tomorrow <coughs> and we're going to you know do what? it. Save me a job there as well in that case. I, I don't have to do the big thank you for everyone for listening throughout the course of the year. So you <laughs> You and Dave can do that tomorrow instead. All right, we, we will, we will, we will make a go of that. Cavani and Fernando, so we'll get off. Um, but yeah, disappointing tonight. Uh, fingers crossed the Blues can bounce back against Sheffield United at the weekend. Uh, but yeah, for me, everybody has a great Christmas, and we'll speak to you again soon here on the Blue. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick, and when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.